United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. We're getting international on the morning briefing. Not an unusual thing in this case. Coming up, we have elections in Tunisia. And this is the, it's, it's a relatively kind of a new development in some ways, the second democratic transfer of power under a constitution that was put in place in 2014. We need an expert, though, to tell us more because I can't certainly take you through it. Leo Siebert is the Tunisia country manager for the United States Institute of Peace, joining us here, tweeting at Leo C underscore O Siebert. Leo Siebert, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Tim. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So th- this election, number one, um, wh- what is the importance of this election? What do you think is, uh, uh, why is it that, for example, in the United States, anybody would think, oh, the elections in Tunisia is something I need to be concerned about? Sure. So so Tunisia is a small country in the Mediterranean, in North Africa, to be more specific. And it, it's true, you know, we we as Americans don't maybe even know where Tunisia is in many cases, but Tunisia is a very important um, piece of international security because it is the only democracy in the Middle East um, and the only democracy in North Africa. Um, and this is key because if Tunisia succeeds in this transition to democracy, which began in 2011, then it has the opportunity to prove to the world and to be a model to its neighbors that democracy is possible, that democracy can bring stability, that democracy can bring economic development and progress. Because the narrative throughout the Middle East, throughout North Africa and many other parts of the world, that, you know, um, kind of strongman authoritarian dictatorship leaders use is that in this part of the world, um, democracy is too too difficult and we need a strong man to fight terror and to centrally control the economy and that if we were to allow democratic forces to arise in our country it would be chaos and tunisia is proving that that is not the case we often have the expression used in this country you want a change election and i i guess this is about the ultimate in a change election a change election? Yeah, change election, meaning, in other words, in the United States, Absolutely. people decide whether they want continuity from the previous administration or if they want a total change. And in Tunisia, it sounds like this is about total change. That's exactly right, Tim. This is a wholesale um, dismissal, let's say, of, of everyone who has governed before. And this is the first time we've seen that. And what it points to is that Tunisians are very frustrated with the slow pace of democracy. This is their first experience with democracy. Expectations after they dislodged their dictator in 2011, expectations were very high that, you know, we've achieved this revolution. We got, uh, you know, the dictator to, to leave power. And now everything is going to be fine. But of course, then reality sets in. There are uh, lots of challenges. The legacy left over by Ben Ali, the dictator, um, has presented all kinds of challenges that a democratic government now has to resolve. And that has been slow. And in 2011, the first electoral process voted in um, you know, opposition parties that had been kind of suffering and uh, unable to operate freely under 
the Ben Ali regime, the old regime, um, their time and power was very challenging. There was a lot of turmoil. So in the subsequent elections of 2014, uh, Tunisians voted in the party that campaigned on returning Tunisia to this kind of golden era in the country um, from the 70s and 80s. Uh, when, you know, uh, economic development was booming and education was spreading and the country was rapidly kind of developing, a strong middle class was forming. Uh, Unfortunately, between 2015 to today, uh, that party kind of splintered, fell apart and failed to deliver on those promises. So what we're seeing now with these elections happening um, over the course of this month is, as, as you stated, uh, a clear message from the Tunisian people saying that we want brand new leadership. Um, everything that's been tried so far hasn't worked. Um, and this is an opportunity to see what kind of some, some outsiders who aren't part of the political class or kind of ruling elite can bring to the table. To that point, Leo Siebert, again, t- who is the Tunisia country manager for the United States Institute of Peace, the two individuals who are, I guess, the finalists in the second round, one of them is a multimillionaire media mogul the other is a middle-class constitutional law professor. They sound like very different individuals. They could not be more diametrically opposed, um, which is fascinating. Um, yes, yeah, so the the candidate who received the most votes, um, and again, this was only 19% of the vote, um, is Kais Saeed. As you mentioned, he is a constitutional law professor. You could categorize him Um, as more kind of in the American example of like a founding father type, right? He's a philosopher, he's an academic, he has big ideas about reforming um, Tunisia's democracy, making it more kind of direct democracy, bringing democracy closer to the people, making some kind of structural and constitutional changes that would help democracy deliver and help create a truly democratic state. Uh, His ability to kind of deliver on these big ideas is unknown, um, but it's attractive to a lot of people around the country. You then have the candidate who came in second with around 15% of the vote, uh, Nabil Qadri. Nabil Qadri is a media magnate, uh, multimillionaire. He operated under the previous, the old regime, the Ben Ali regime. Um, and is kind of his his opponents cast him as a Silvio Berlusconi type, the um, kind of famous prime minister of Italy um, who was kicked out of power on various corruption charges. Now, what's fascinating about this candidate, Nabil Qadri, is that he was put in jail um, in August, just weeks before uh, the first round of the presidential elections. Uh, Many have seen this as an abuse of power at the hands of the prime minister, who is also running for president. But many see this as a strong signal that rule of law in Tunisia is working, that anti-corruption programs are working, because the candidate was put in jail um, on charges potentially credible charges. Um, There hasn't been a ruling yet, but there's lots of evidence um, that he may have been involved in tax evasion and money laundering. Wow. That is uh, two very different individuals. October 6th, parliamentary elections, correct? Correct. Yeah. 
And this is uh, going to be an interesting situation to watch. Well, as I said, Tunisia is usually not top of mind for Americans, but I think, quite frankly, you've made it a fascinating look at uh, an interesting experiment that is being conducted. Leo Siebert, thank you for joining us in POTUS today. Thank you, Tim. It's a pleasure. Leo Siebert, Tunisia country manager for the United States Institute of Peace. Some thoughts on the upcoming elections, two individuals, one of whom is a multimillionaire media mogul, the other is a constitutional law professor. I, I've heard that somewhere. It sounds almost like a Donald Trump-Elizabeth Warren matchup, but I don't know. it's very different. It's Tunisia. It's not the U.S. Anyway, Leo Siebert, who tweets at Leo C underscore O Siebert, S-I-E-B-E-R-T. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.